was much beyond her daily reach, and many a long November and October evening must be struggled through at Hartfield, before Christmas brought the next visit from Isabella and her husband, and their little children to fill the house and give her pleasant society again. Highbury, the large and populous village, almost amounting to a town to which Hartfield, in spite of its separate lawn, the shrubberies, and name, did really belong, afforded her no equals. The woodhouses were first in consequence there, all looked up to them. She had many acquaintance in the place, for her father was universally civil, but not one among them who could be accepted in lieu of Miss Taylor for even half a day. It was a melancholy change, and Emma could not but sigh over it, and wish for impossible things till her father awoke and made it necessary to be cheerful. His spirits required support. He was a nervous man, easily depressed, fond of everybody that he was used to, and hating to part with them, hating change of every kind. Matrimony as the origin of change was always disagreeable, and he was by no means yet reconciled to his own daughter's marrying, nor could ever speak of her but with compassion, though it had been entirely a match of affection, when he was now obliged to part with Miss Taylor too, and from his habits of gentle selfishness, and of being never able to suppose that other people could feel differently from himself, he was very much disposed to think Miss Taylor had done as sad a thing for herself as for them. And with some liking. With some liking? Yesterday twas with some love. This morn tis with some liking. Tomorrow, perchance, twill be with a little loathing. Sitting beside her. Alack, you alter with each hour. Tell me thy secret, Simon, and I will be steadfast evermore. I cannot. Bah! How oft have I besought thee to trust me, and how oft hast thou replied, I cannot, I cannot. You would I trust, dared I trust mortal. Rising apprehensively. But there is the holy friar's warning against it. He recked not of one loving thee as I do, for indeed I find I do love thee, Simon. Simon throwing himself upon his knees before her. Oh, lady, lady! Seda bending over him. Therefore give me, for trust, the lightest inkling of thy secret. Trust me, or go. Pity me, Seda, thrusting him from her. Nay, then, go. Simon clinging to her. Sweet madam, this much will I tell. Ah! The miracle is wrought by the possession of a sacred relic that will advantage only its owner. Seda, her arms about him. Yea, say on, dear love. No more. Lo, I stoop to kiss thine hands. Where lieth this relic? That will I never reveal. Takest thou me for a thief? I do fear even the rush of the wind, lest it strip me of my holy treasure. What? Dost thou bear it upon thee? 
Nay. Thou dost. Lane's voice is again heard. The white moon lay on the ruined hay, white as a shroud on the city wall. Though they cried how she had devoted all her powers to amuse and attach her in health, and how nursed her through the various illnesses of childhood. A large debt of gratitude was owing here, but the intercourse of the last seven years, the equal footing and perfect unreserve which had soon followed Isabella's marriage, on their being left to each other, was yet a dearer, tenderer recollection. She had been a friend and companion such as few possessed, intelligent, well-informed, useful, gentle, knowing all the ways of the family, interested in all its concerns, and, peculiarly, interested in herself, in every pleasure, every scheme of hers, one to whom she could speak every thought as it arose, and who had such an affection for her as could never find fault. How was she to bear the change? It was true that her friend was only half a mile from them, but Emma was aware that great must be the difference between a Mrs. Weston only half a mile from them and a Miss Taylor in the house, and with all her advantages, natural and domestic, she was now in great danger of suffering from intellectual solitude. She dearly loved her father, but he was no companion for her. He could not meet her conversation, rational or playful. The evil of the actual disparity in their ages, and Mr. Woodhouse had not married early, was much increased by his constitution and habits, for having been a valetudinarian all his life, without activity of mind or body, he was a much older man in many ways than in years, and though everywhere beloved for the friendliness of his heart and his amiable temper, his talents could not have recommended him at any time. Her sister, though comparatively but little removed by matrimony, being settled in London, only sixteen miles off, 